I never really had comic books as a child. I don't know exactly why. I I know that I collected baseball cards and football cards, and in fact, I still have those. I think most of them. But I don't believe I even recall being around or in or near a comic book store. I don't I don't remember there being one for us to go to. There were uh, card shops. You know, they had all sports memorabilia and cards and stuff. I was really big into cards. So that that was what I was into. And also, a lot of my friends weren't into comic books that I know of, at least not at the time. Uh, later on in life, we did. And, and I, my, my wife and I, I should say, before our daughters were born, we started a collection of comic books. Like when I turned 30, my wife got me some comic books from the year I was born. Which is really cool. I haven't opened them because they're like wrapped in in plastic and they might be worth something. I don't know. But it wasn't until later on that we started actually reading comic books. You know, I I, I believe it was probably because one, Smallville. My wife and I love Smallville. And two, probably the probably the Marvel series, honestly. I, I was more of a DC fan my whole life. But the Marvel movies were a lot of fun. You had Iron Man. Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man, just uh, top-notch. <laughs> top-notch. <What> did... <laughs> it was top-notch. Um, I think that uh, revitalized our... <laughs> set off a passion for comics, as it did for a lot of people, honestly. But they didn't have much before then, and now we have a bunch. We haven't really collected anything probably since my daughters have been born. And that's just because, you know, allocation of funds go differently. So when I decided, like, the other day to to go into the back of our closet and pull out a box of comic books, it was, there's a lot of nostalgia. But at the same time, I didn't take it out for myself. I actually took them out so that my girls can see them. Because they're interested in some of these things, too. My My girls have not seen any of the Marvel movies. They've seen some of the animated series um, for like DC. They haven't seen any DC movies. They're interested in the characters, um, but they don't like my my oldest. Like most of her friends have seen all of the movies. She's she's nine, and they've seen everything, all the Marvel movies. And it's like there's some intense things in there. And you know, spoiler alert: Endgame was a sad movie at the end. So, I mean, that's just not something she would want to see. And and we actually, my wife and I said, well, you know, since all our friends are seeing them, maybe we should introduce, introduce her to them. And she has no desire. I said that, you know, I would sit there with you and watch them if you want, but she doesn't care. She's like, I don't want to do it just because they want me to, or just because they're doing it. It's like, wow, <laughs> didn't have to teach that. It's pretty good. Hopefully that, that sticks around. 
but that they like the characters they like the idea of superheroes and I, I thought I would take them out so they can they can see it. We're we're trying to do less with uh, TV. They don't really play on the iPads. Uh, actually, this last week they they were both in trouble, <laughs> so they weren't allowed to play on their iPads with friends. Uh, and even when they were, it it wasn't a lot. But this week especially, they weren't. So we didn't do TV. We didn't do um, really anything. So they were, you know, left up to their own devices. And, and for the most part, when they're not fighting, which is kind of what got them into this uh, predicament in the first place, uh, they play really well. But I thought, let's treat them with a little something that's also fun for us. And I pulled them out and surprised them with it. They had no idea that we had these. And honestly, I haven't looked at them in so long, I, I you know, I kind of forgot. And I'm, I'm thumbing through, looking at the different characters and kind of reading them off to them. And, you know, they're jumping to like, to get their hands on on some of these and some are old some are like part of the new uh generation of comic books you know where they relaunched most of them so i i I took some of the newer ones and you know let them start reading them i wasn't like on top of them i wasn't like don't touch that don't you're you're creasing it or your hands are greasy (laughs) i wasn't you know for a moment there with a couple of the comics because i let them look at a couple old ones not not old old but uh, something from like the 80s you know it's kind of like uh maybe we should just read these uh but for the most part it's like i mean first of all the newer ones were they're not gonna be worth anything everything's digital now um but two i mean they're not being read just let them read the comic books so you know i'm not opening up the ones that i haven't even touched because i'm afraid that they'll go down in value or i'm just i don't, I don't know if i even care about that but some of them have some meaning or or whatever. I have some signed comic books from some of the artists and some of the writers. So obviously those don't get touched by anybody. But for the most part, like they could read almost everything in our collection. So they were reading and and it was really fun to see. My oldest got into one of the variations of Spider-Man. Because there's so many different variations of every character. There's so many like relaunches and side stories and, you know, different artists and different writers have different, uh, different ways they approach the character. So there's, there's so much to choose from. I mean, there's thousands um, and we have not, not in our house. We have like maybe a couple hundred, if that. And it's just, um, it's fun to see the different artists take and, and stuff like that. I didn't even look at any. Uh, I was just looking, I was thumbing through and just looking at some of the covers and just remembering, oh yeah, I have these. And it was a lot of fun. Um, and they, they're they really respectful of it. You know, each comic is in plastic and stuff that um, if I didn't buy them in that way, I, I bought some sleeves and my wife is really into them. Uh, but again, we just don't have time to read them. So someone should. So I want to take them to a comic book store, comic book shop at some point so they can see what you know what's in there and it's crazy it, it, they both love to just like they have to touch everything <laughs> so i have to be careful and to be on top of them so it's probably gonna be more stressful than anything but i i, I believe that they'll really enjoy it and of course one day i mean can you imagine going to comic-con you know we live in new york there's a whole weekend i nowadays it's almost impossible to get tickets it's insane. And and when you do, they're they're so expensive. I've never been to one. Never. There's a, a guy down the street 
uh, who works at the grocery store. He's a guy. He's just out of college. He's looking to to be a cop in our area. He always talks to me about about what's going on in the world of comics. And I think be, I think because I like wore like a Green Lantern shirt one day <laughs> years ago, and he just always a very nice kid. And but I don't know all that he knows. Like he knows so much in comparison. I, I know what I know. I know more DC. Actually, he's he's bigger than DC, in DC than Marvel too. But he's you know the the entertainment that's coming out right now is mostly Marvel. It's all you really hear about. So he's he's got the background of everything, and I, I can't keep up with him. But he's always he goes. So when I first started talking to him, he was always talking about Comic Con. I remember when he was like, "I wish I can go." And then the next year, he's like, "I'm going." And I was like, "What day?" And he's all three. He's like, "Wow, that's amazing. Good for you." But that was a few years ago, more than a few years ago, probably like five or six years ago. And now he's lucky to get a day. I mean, that's just how it is. It's just so much more popular now, and everybody goes. And I'm not sure if he larps. Um, for those of you who don't know what that means, it's you dress up as a character. I don't think, or cosplay, is it cosplay? LARP is the other one, right? Where you you dress up and you fight people in like medieval. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So, it, yeah, I don't know if he dresses up. I think he, I actually think he does. But anyway, I just don't know as much as he does. It's hard to keep up with. But I do. I read up about things especially in marvel after seeing them or before i see them like i like i did for the episode of shang chi i you know i'm like wow this is a really really good movie let's go back into the character and let's see what's what's there and so um but but he's just so much better at that than i am and i, I think he just spends time doing that I, I don't have that time so i actually when i see him he usually stops me if i'm in a hurry and he comes to stop me i'm like oh man <laughs> I love talking to the guy, but it's like, I have to go. And I know this isn't going to be a short conversation. And every time he's like, did you see it? I'm like, what? I don't know, Scott. <laughs> Let's see what. <laughs> he's like, and then I see like a little disappointment in his face. Like, I didn't, like, I don't know what he's talking about. And I, I don't, I just don't know what you're talking about. And uh, then he, he comes up and it's like, there's news about this character, news about that character. And this is coming out. Oh, did you, did you see that series? I was like, oh. You know, I I don't I don't time for series, you know, unfortunately. But I get get my information from him that I don't get online. So I I just want to you know maybe one day take the girls to that because I've never been. Maybe it's not a good idea when they're this young. It's probably not a good idea. But um, yeah, we'll see one day. I did a. It was actually really cool. I did a. I don't know if I talked about this. I probably did, but it's worth mentioning again. I was able to take a an elective course for humanities credit in college on comic books, the history of comic books. And the the book that they gave was a, a book about written by Stan Lee and 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 somebody else. It was like a what do you call that? A autobiography, but like someone else is there too. And it was so interesting. And it was just an awesome class. It was like this is right up my alley. And during that time, I met a man named Alfred Campisi. I was uh, working at a bank and he was a, a customer, an older gentleman. He was in his seventies at the time. So nowadays he would, he would probably be like 94, like now, maybe somewhere in his early nineties. Oh, not that. How old am I? No, it's not that long. Maybe upper eighties. I don't know. But 
I told him yeah, I was taking a course because he, he actually brought he broached the subject. So he's like, hey, "Have you seen those uh, those comic book movies?" I said, "Oh yeah, I saw Iron Man," and um, I think that yeah, that's around that time. Yeah, two thousand eight. I said, "Yeah, I saw Iron Man. Really good movie." He's like, "You know what? I used to draw those." I said, "Draw them," and he said, "Yeah, years ago in the golden age, I was an artist." As an artist, I worked with Stan Lee, I worked with Jack Kirby, like worked with all of these people that everyone now knows who they are, but they've never like actually seen them, except for Stan Lee, of course. And we talked, I got, actually got in trouble, we talked for hours. And I just, I learned so much from him, like the, the background of what went on and deadlines and, and what happened. So like back then, you know, it was such a new thing such a new and wild thing. And Stan Lee was the biggest of the biggest, right? His personality was unmatched. He was what everyone else wanted to be, including Alfred. And, you know, they would love it when he came in because he would, you know, come in midday and just the whole place erupted with like his laughter and like he was just so charismatic. And, and then he'd work into late hours. And everyone wanted to work on one of his projects. Now, at this time, you had both Marvel and DC kind of intermixing. Like, you would have artists and writers from DC help out Marvel and vice versa. And this is what Alfred did. Like, he he worked at first, he was working on Superman, which is, of course, my favorite character. So it's like, wow, I can't believe it. He, he told me all these different stories about what what the actual comics that he actually worked on. Like, if I had a podcast back then, first of all, I would be, you know, it's 2022, I'd be so much further in this. But also, uh, that would just have been the best episode. And it would have been probably like a five-parter because we just talked forever. And honestly, I, I did look him up recently, and he unfortunately passed uh, like four years ago. But I, it just, that would have been a tremendous episode to, to have, uh, just for, for my own benefit. Um, but it, the knowledge that he had and then just the, the stories, the stories were great. And the, he only, he didn't just come one time. He came three, maybe four times that we actually sat down and talked together in the middle of the bank, again, getting in trouble every time he came, like getting a look from my manager but it was just, I, I picked his brain as much as I could. And he said, oh, do you like Spider-Man? Do you like the Hulk? And I was like, yeah. He's like, because he, he mainly focused on um, Marvel towards the, you know, in the, in the prime of his career. And he was big into, uh, he was one of the main artists for uh, Spider-Man and the Hulk. Those were the ones that he, he worked on the most. And obviously he didn't, he didn't create them. Um, but he he did it. So what would happen is it's interesting. You have the main artist who who created the the comic or created the character as far as like the design. You know, you have Stan Lee's vision brought in, brought to life by the artist. Most times there would be a deadline that you know the the original artist couldn't make it. So you have a fill in artist, kind of like Alfred, who would come in and finish the detailing. And they would all like know each other's styles and work on those styles. Like they would, I, I think they were just geniuses because they were able to just mimic styles. And of course, some of them had their own that they were able to to bring into uh, separate issues and stuff like that. But 
he was one of the ones that was able to come in and mimic someone's artwork in order to finish a product or or do a redo. Let's say someone's on vacation and it's like, ah, oh, this doesn't work. I got to redo this. Or Stanley wasn't happy with the way it was portrayed. So he's like, no, no, you got to redo this. So Alfred would be there late working and doing a redo. Tremendous stuff. I can't, it was, oh man, I, I really wish that I, I recorded this. Um, he's like, so you like these characters? I'm like, yeah, of course. I mean, uh, there, there really isn't many characters in comics that I don't like. Um, just because I don't, I don't know all of them doesn't mean I don't like the characters, I mean, especially with the Marvel movies, uh, introducing all these things. I, I feel like some of them are brand new to me. So it's a really great experience. And I'm like, yeah, of course I know the Spider-Man, <laughs> the Spider-Man. Of course, I know Spider-Man and the Hulk. He's like, okay, I'm going to draw you one. Within the stories, he's like moving his hands. He's like, you know, trying to get feeling back in him. He's like, my hands don't work that well. They don't work like they used to. I'm not able to draw that well. And to hear him say that he was going to draw me something, I was like, that's, first of all, why are you going to put yourself through that? And then second, yes, please. <laughs> if you're going to say it, yes, please do it. Please do it. But I was like, no, oh, no, you don't have to do that. That's It's okay. In my heart, I'm like, yes, can you do it right now? Can you do it in front of me? He's like, no, 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 I can do it. I can, I'll, I'll, it's going to take me a while, but I'll do it. And it did. It took a, oh, man, a few months. I, I'd seen him in between. He's like, I'm still working on it. He, he didn't have much to do in banking, right? I think the first time he had something like an IRA was coming due or something. He, he wanted to check a new rate. But he would come in sometimes and just sit at my desk and say, hey, I just need this check cash. Eventually, after talking for so long. <laughs> okay, Alfred, what can I do for you today? Uh, after so many stories, he's like, oh, I just need check, cash this check. And I would, I would walk it up there for him. But there were times that he just came without anything. Just just came and his wife would like sit. Sometimes she would sit next to him and she would just smile and like laugh at some of his stories. And just she would watch me more than him to see my reaction to his stories. And I think she just loved that. I think she loved seeing the reaction of other people to the stories that her husband would tell. You know, and he was a fantastic storyteller. And it was it was very, very endearing. And so sometimes he would just come and she would just, she would drive him because sometimes he couldn't really drive. His hands were that bad. And I think it took about four months and I finally got that picture from him. Um, and it's framed. It's on my wall still. I'm looking right at it right now. And in fact, the frame doesn't fit it. Like the <laughs> frame is too big. Um, but that's a piece of artwork I'll never let go of. He signed it. He dated it. He put mine. He said two S Yovino, a Campisi. It's fantastic. And this is somebody that no, the people don't know about, you know, and there, there were dozens, if not hundreds of these people that people just did not know about who worked behind the scenes to help ensure that a comic book was released on time or released properly even like, so some of them would, you'd have the main artist would draw everything and then you have somebody else come in and color it in. And then sometimes you'd have even a third person come in and do the black outlines to make them richer. Like you could have, he, he told me that you could have anywhere from one to five or six people working on one book, not including the writer. And then you had somebody else so the writer would would write, like Stan Lee wouldn't write inside the comic book. He would write somewhere else, and then the artist would write inside. I don't think that always happened, but for the most part. And you would have somebody, an artist, come in 
and that person would do the lettering. Tremendous. I mean, I don't know how they do it now. I think it's all digital, right? I mean, it's it's an art form that I think is becoming close to extinction. And to have met one of the artists from the golden age and the silver age and and being able to just sit there for hours with them, I mean, I would have been okay with being fired for having that kind of experience. It, it just, it was remarkable. And uh, again, I, I wish that, um, I wish that I could have done that, you know, face to face. I wish that I could do it again. It's one of those things that you, you just treasure and you have to. And so, you know, I, I told my daughters about, about the man and, um, you know, the legacy that he probably left his, his family. I mean, he lived humbly, you know, he wasn't Stan Lee. He wasn't the poster child of, of Marvel or DC. But he was a hardworking, very talented artist. And he had his own story to tell. And I'm just glad that I was privileged enough to hear it. So anyway, I will put a picture of that in Instagram. You know, like I said, it took him a long time. And it's not 100% finished. But it was as much as he could get done. For what his hands would allow him to. So I'm very grateful for it. And it's tremendous. And it looks like it was... He spent a lot of time on it. it. It looks like he spent a lot of time on it. Like he actually cared for it. And it was uh, just, oh man, I wish, I wish I had kept up with him. So yeah, I'll put that on Instagram at uh, No Green Eggs Podcast. Maybe you saw that, and that's why you're here. So welcome to the podcast. Uh, I'm I'm looking at the time now. I'm like 25 minutes in. So, <laughs> so I guess that's what the the whole episode is going to be about. I didn't realize it. I had other plans, but it, the the class was a lot of fun. And it was all just about this book about Stan Lee. And, uh, and it was funny cause I got to, I got to reference, uh, that book and some of the quotes and some of the things that happened in my conversation with Alfred. And he would be like, yes, you confirm some of these things. And then other times he would add to it. And sometimes you're like, well, that's not exactly true. <laughs> like, it was such a great experience. And uh, the class was, yeah, I aced it, of course, because I had, I actually put in my paper, my final exam, not exam, but uh, final essay, I had to do a thing on the paper and I, I added some of the stuff that I learned from Alfred and I put his name in it and, you know, I had the privilege of seeing that my, my professor was just astounded, never heard of the guy, neither did I and you probably don't know him either. But it was just something that was just worthwhile. And I think that's part of the reason I got such a good grade is because I had real life experiences put into it from somebody outside of the author. So I'm glad that we can actually get my girls um, into it. And they, they just love it. They they were like glowing when they were reading them. And, and Bella Bella knows how to read, but not perfect yet no one reads perfect you know you know what i mean it's like she knows how to read she's not going to re- know all the words that are in the comic books but she just she knows what's going on just by looking at the pictures and and a good comic book you can do that you can see you know you see the drama you see the suspense you see the the humor um so that was a she gets it and it's fun to see them go through the experience of reading a comic book and as nerdy or whatever you want to say it honestly 
There's a reason that you can't get tickets to Comic-Con in New York and probably San Diego too. It's like, no, this is way more popular than just uh, the nerds of the 80s and 90s and whatever. It's fun to see them do this and, and they keep asking for it. So, and and uh, that's great. And so I'm going to have to take them eventually to go shop for their own. You know, find, you know what kind of character are you looking to, to read about? And uh, yeah, so... Um, that's, I guess it for now. Uh, I had something else planned, but, uh, I just, I looked at the poster and I was like, and then we went through what we went through with the girls reading comic books and just, it seemed, uh, more organic. So tomorrow we have saw, well, when this comes out, before this comes out, I have softball on a 91 degree weather day in a, in an open field and it's right next to the water. It, the sun is going to just be blazing. It's going to be so hot. <laughs> it's funny. All right, so I leave you a little little um, funny thing. Uh, so Bella, out of the blue, says she wanted to take softball. My wife's been trying to get the girls into something. And Sienna's more creative, and she's more she she uses her mind more and wants to do things like that. She's not really interested in sports, although now she she's kind of interested in softball. So we have to see about that. Probably put her in um, like private lessons for that only because she's nine. She's going to be 10 by the time she's able to do softball. And everyone at that age has been in it for years. So it's like, okay, we have to have her um, put in with a, with a coach or something. And, and it, it's, it actually works out because Bella's coach is like Mr. Softball. And he, he teaches it. He's sent some people on the track for the, uh, the Olympics in softball and, and just – and recruiters have seen some of his people. It's just uh, amazing. So he's he's really good at that. He's got three girls and or maybe four girls. No, three girls and a and a baby. So the baby's not playing, but the youngest is in in Bella's team, and then the older ones are you know fourteen, fifteen, and then they're actually doing really well. So he's and he does private lessons. So that that might be fun. Um, but anyway, so Bella. Decided to take it. The first time she did it, um, you know, like everyone else there except a couple girls, it was the first time. You know, there. I think it goes like they do stickball first, like the first year and the second year they get into this. And it's just the coach is pitching. So it's not even, you know, the girls aren't throwing uh, to each other as far as to hit. It's just in between for bases and stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's it's mostly like there's there's fathers and there's coaches all throughout the field, like helping them, like telling them what to do. And and it's, it's basically like even the games they keep track, but that doesn't really mean anything. It's just more like a scrimmage. So the first day we go, uh, she, she enjoys it. And the way she's throwing, like the coach at the end was like, wait, you gotta, you're, I think you need to do, you need to do this. You need to turn your wrist this way. And then as you come around, you're not going to just, it's not just going to drop to the ground. Okay. And he's like, you know, most girls, it's, you know, it, I spent three months on one girl just like trying to get that concept. And she, she did it. And she's, she's actually on Bella's team and she is good. And so it's like, you know, it'll take some time, but you'll get it. Oh, Bella picked it up right away. I think she's got that. Like I, I had that with, uh, with martial arts. So just, you just see it and you just know. And she had that. She, she got it. The other aspects, she's like, yeah, she gets uninterested, but she's six. Like a lot of the girls don't. Like every game, I'm sitting there. <laughs> okay, so before I get to that, um, the first day we're there, the coach asks for help from some of the, the parents. 
And he's like, yeah, would, would you mind, you know, uh, throwing up some fly balls and, and letting them catch them? I said, okay, sure. I, I didn't plan on it. Actually, my wife, um, <laughs> she uh, volunteered me. And uh, since then, I've been coaching. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know. Uh, just anyone can be a coach. And, uh, you know, I guess it's a good thing it's six-year-olds because uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but I went from throwing flies to being the dugout coach, uh, setting the lineup and uh, in the positions. Or no, okay, so he'll set the lineup, which makes sense because he, he knows who's batting better. Um, and then he has me do the positions and, like, you know, switch them around every – and then make sure that the girls are ready for batting and everything. So – uh, like, how? How did I get into this? <laughs> but it's a lot of fun, and the girls get used to you very quickly. You know, if you're if you're uh, jovial and and if you're nice to them like you are to your own girls, you know, and treat them the same way as you know, and goof around and stuff, they they cling to you right away. And and I have a, a whole team of micromanagers who <laughs> come over and like, uh, no, this position, I want this position. And like, okay, everyone, this is, uh, okay. Layla, you're, you're up first. And like, I, I got this. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. And they just, they love like busting my chops. Like uh, just every five seconds, someone like sees what position they're going to be. And then uh, they come back five seconds later and like, when am I batting? And then they come back a little bit later. One of my batting, like I, you just, you were just here, <laughs> just back off. <laughs> and uh, it's so enjoyable. Um, and I never thought I would be doing this. And uh, so I had to do that tomorrow. And wait, I had a point with the other part. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't know that I had to do it. Um, oh yeah. So anyway, part of the dugout is like making sure that the kids aren't being six year olds. <laughs> <laughs> which, which I don't know if you know, that's impossible. Like they're playing with dirt. They're playing with uh, water. They're spraying each other with their water bottles. They're they're eating, they're, which you're not supposed to do, which I actually just recently found out you're not allowed to do that because of allergies and stuff. But they're, I mean, last couple games, it got really bad. Like they're pouring water into the dirt and they're making mud pits. And it's like, it was me myself saying, don't do that. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Okay, no more mud. Okay, don't do that. And then finally you have other people and then parents from the stands like coming in like, okay, let's give him some backup because there's 14 of these girls, <laughs> you know, I, it's not fair. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's good. It's everyone's really involved and it's a lot of fun. I'm sure uh, some of you out there know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's just really enjoyable, but I didn't realize that I was ever going to do it. And um, it's great. But tomorrow, which actually is a few days before this episode comes out, so in the past, um, it's going to be 91 degrees. The game is out in the open. It's going to be super sunny, and it's right next to the water. It's going to be miserable, uh, and it's going to be humid. It's just going <laughs> to—I don't want to go. <laughs> but it's fun seeing the girls, and and a lot of the girls go to the same school. Bella goes too, so if I pick up Bella, like I probably pick her up maybe once a week, maybe once every couple weeks, because uh, she she wants me to. And because I, I want to, but, um, you know, busy, um, I see a lot of them and I see some of the other dads who are also coaches and, um, and the girls always come up and you give a high five and stuff. And it's, it's fun. It's fun being part of the community in that way. And we have a team that's very close. I think we're one of the only teams that like everybody comes, including the players. Like most teams, we have to lend them players in order for them to be able to play. Ours is always, they're always there. We do practices. We're always 45 minutes before 
the game starts. We're there to practice. Uh, that's because we have a softball coach as a coach. And uh, a lot of the people that are on the team know each other very well or are family. Like literally, this is our city has a lot of Italians that are very close because they're probably, if you, if you go back far enough, they are family. <laughs> and uh, in fact, there's like circumstances where some people have to like be like, Oh, I'm dating this guy. And then the father goes, Nope, they're your third cousin. You know, it, it, it's like, or they're your second cousin. <laughs> so I think a lot of them are, are very familiar with the familiar with each other and, and the family. And so we have a very tight team. It's a lot of fun. And it's, it's a ni- nice to be a part of it. And it just, uh, it's interesting. Uh, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to go. It's just, and, and Bella's even, she, she likes it and she's good when she does it. You know what I'm saying? And that's a lot of the girls. So there's some girls that are just gun ho and they're like eye of the tiger and they're, they're going crazy. They, they love this. And then a lot of the other, most of the other girls are like dancing in the outfield or <laughs> sitting down or playing with dirt. And every once in a while, like you see them take a glove off, like put your glove back on <laughs> and the ball could come to you. Cause some of these girls hit really hard too. And uh, yeah. So when she, when she wants to do it, she's very good. It's just more times than not, she'd rather just be a six-year-old, and that's fine. And it's like, I don't know if she's going to do this next year. I kind of hope she does. You know, I'd kind of like to to be a part of this some more. And then, you know, maybe Sienna will do it. Sienna will do it, too. Um, I think both of them could uh, could get uh, some extra help with it, just because, you know, Bella's always, like, Bella's in Bella time and what Bella wants to do. <laughs> it's just how she is. We've been trying since day one. It just doesn't work. She potty trains when she wants to potty train. She rides a bike when she wants to ride a bike. It's, uh, you know, we're pulling hair, just trying to get things done with her and trying to get her to do stuff. And then you drop it for a day or two. And then you find out she just learned herself. You know, <laughs> so it's like, ah, and like uh, we went to, um, I'm sorry, this is longer now, but uh, we went to a parent teacher thing. And <laughs> when we got in there, she does really well. Uh, but she has a problem with sitting and I know that I know she has a problem with sitting. She can't sit still. And she likes to like when they're doing work, uh, individually, she'll go to other people to make sure that they're doing it. Okay. Like if they need help, she'll be there. And the teacher's like, Bella, focus on yours. So sometimes she won't finish hers because she's helping others. But we get there for the, the conference and the teacher's like, so do you have any, um, advice for me <laughs> we're like uh no <laughs> we came hoping that you had advice for us <laughs> uh bella's bella bella's gonna be bella and uh that's just the way it is so when she's not like hot and tired and hungry which a lot of the girls are but she knows how to express it more she's very good she can hit the ball uh some of them or some of the girls are just powerhouse hitters and just launch it it's it's crazy uh and she just, you know, it's her first year. She's like still chopping. And when she hits it, she, last game, she hit it really hard. And she actually got to third base. But by the time she got to third, the person before her who was on third ran home. And that was five runs. And you can only have five runs in, in this age. And then you have the switch. So, you know, that happened to her twice. And, but she still ran home anyway. And she was a big smile. <laughs> She's like, I did it. I was like, yes, you did. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's fun. I, I, I'm, uh, I really hope she does it again. We'll see though. And, uh, but wish me luck, even though this is, you're hearing this in the future, 
from when I actually need the luck, which is tomorrow, which for you will be at least two days prior. So I don't know how that works. Um, I'm not, I thought I understood time and, uh, you know, like Back to the Future. I thought that was legit until I saw Endgame and found out everything I believed was a lie. So, yeah, I don't know what you're going to do. All right. Well, uh, until next time. Hey, check out For Reels. Uh, we're really getting a really nice groove going. Uh, the last episode, we just announced a new game that's actually going to last throughout the summer. Oh, sorry. It's going to last throughout the summer. It starts June 1st and ends August 31st. You'll have a chance to win prizes, and you'll also be able to see one of us get humiliated on Instagram stories. So check that out. It's 4Reels Podcast on Instagram and 4ReelsPodcast.com. Also hosted by Anchor and Spotify. Uh, you can get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Pocket Casts. Like I say with this podcast, go to Apple Podcasts and please re- leave a review. Give me five stars, please. And because um, I, I want to taint my, I have perfect score so far, but it's not a lot of reviews. Uh, but it really helped get us uh, close to the top. Four Reels is number 139 on the chart of uh, film review podcasts and you you might be like well, okay that's no big deal there's there's thousands <laughs> i didn't i did not know how many there were and we're only like four episodes in so check it out four wheels podcast and uh again thank you for being here share with your friends and see you not see you mm-hmm.